You're listening to First Fossil. First Fossil, a show where we learn together how to take that first fossil toward becoming the best versions of ourselves. My name is Candice Olushola, and today's special guest is back in the spotlight with a new challenge to gain weight while following select diets and doing them wrong, and then losing the pounds by doing them right in fit to fat to 40, just in time for his 40th birthday in December. He is a well-known keto coach, physical trainer, and New York Times best-selling author of the book Fit to Fat to Fit. Best known for his Fit to Fat to Fit experiment that went viral, my guest gained over a million followers as he documented his 75-pound weight gain and weight loss journey. His podcast has over 2.5 million downloads, and he's been featured on TV shows such as Dr. Oz, Good Morning America, The View, and many more. His experiment has become a hit TV show called Fit to Fat to Fit, airing on A&E and Lifetime. He recently wrote and published his second book, Complete Keto. So without further ado, please welcome my friend, Drew Manning. How you been, Drew? What's going on? (laughs) First of all, thank you, Candice, for having me on. Also, that was an awesome write-up of an introduction. I appreciate that. It was really well-written. But I'm doing good. You know, I'm surviving 2020. Surviving (laughs) 2020. (laughs) Man, what a year it has been. Dude, it has been crazy. (laughs) You, like, you've been quarantined, Mm -hmm. but then you've been, like, also out and about with your girls and yeah. things like that. So how's it, yeah. how's it been where you are with the <laughs> pandemic? Is it? Yeah, Utah. So I live in Salt Lake City, Utah. Utah's, um, you know, they're pretty strict out here with the, their shutdowns and things like that. But the, the cases are still rising. You know, it's really, it can be, it can be scary times right now because the hospitals seem to be really full from what the, the media says. And so, yeah, it's been, it's been interesting. You know, uh, I think February, March was a different, I had a different perspective on the, pandemic and the lockdown because it was so new to the world like right like, oh man what's happening like this is a, a you know a radical change happening to the entire world at the same time yeah it was really you know our generation has probably never been through something like that so it was really interesting times in the beginning and now i think it's caused a lot of division in our country and in our world you know <laughs> so yeah I don't know. It's, it's crazy times it is it really is crazy times it, it is really funny how much our mindsets have evolved about the pandemic from the beginning because I can definitely say like at the beginning it was kind of like I don't know what this is but everything's (laughs) shutting down and then it was kind of like uh you know only old people get it so it's fine (laughs) and then it was like it looks like everybody's getting it it's not okay and then it turned political and I'm like ha it's like it's crazy (laughs) um but yeah. Uh, yeah, this year has definitely been, it's been wild. Yeah. It has been totally wild. And then in the midst of the pandemic, like, you're just doing your own thing <laughs> in the middle of all that, which I'm sure you're going to explain here in a minute. But yeah, why don't you start off by kind of, like, telling us a little bit about yourself? 
Yeah, so I uh, grew up in a family of 11 brothers and sisters, and I mostly grew up in San Diego until I was 13, and I played sports since I was a young age. Football and wrestling were the two sports I played, and grew up in a very strict religion as well, and that kind of shaped my reality, it shaped my perception of you know the, how I viewed the world. And so you know, I was a very quiet kid, very shy, but you know, excelled at sports, did really good at sports, and so I had a lot of discipline. I could discipline myself to do hard things from a very young age because football and wrestling will do that to you. And then plus kind of having like a tough love approach to, you know, from my parents or from my, from my dad, that's kind of the way I viewed with the world and myself was like, Hey, if I beat myself up enough and just man up then I won't ever have sins, then I won't ever make mistakes. I won't ever be a failure. And that's wow. the way I, I grew up thinking about myself in the world. But I always had a love for health and fitness, too. I always wanted to be in shape. I always wanted to lift weights, and, and playing sports kind of naturally uh, helped me be fit. And so, you know, now I uh, have two daughters that are 9 and 11. I was married for 10 years. Got divorced in 2014 or 2015. Yeah, 2014, 2015, one of those years. <laughs> and so it's been a huge transition, you know, since then. And here we are in 2020, you know, like I said, just surviving. So it's a little bit about my background. I'm sure you want me to go into fit to fat to fit at some point, which is what I did back in 2011. Yeah. But, you know, I'll, we'll just start there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, yeah, let's, I want to, I want you to kind of unpack this because I'm sure not everyone has heard about your fit to fat to fit journey, but I feel like that was a huge first fossil experience, a first step experience, and yeah. you're kind of reliving it. You're doing like a remix version, <laughs> you know? And so yeah. I kind of like, I guess explain that first season and then how it's relating to what the journey that you're going on now. For sure. So first of all, that idea came from when I started personal training in 2009. And here I was someone who had never been overweight a day in my life, right? Like, Mm. because I grew up in shape playing sports. Then I became a trainer and I was trying to help people who were overweight pretty much every day of their life, right? And so there was an obvious disconnect because in my mind, it seems so simple and easy to just follow the meal plans, eat healthy food, put down the junk food, go to the gym, and then boom, you see results. And you just stay consistent at that. And in my mind, it seems so easy. And I would get frustrated with my clients who, you know, they would miss a workout because they slept in or they would they cheated on their meal plan and had pizza and, and beer one night because they, they just wanted to have a good time. They wanted to let loose. And I was like, well, why are you doing that? Like, it's so easy just to put down the junk food and, and go to the gym. Like, you just do that and instead of keep messing up. And one of my clients told me, you know, Drew, you don't really understand how hard it is for, for me and for people like me because for you it's always been easy. And I was like, wow, that actually – it kind of hit me. And so I was trying to think of ways that I could have a better understanding. And as crazy as it sounds, Candace, like this idea of getting fat on purpose – it entered my mind and it was like this light bulb went off and I felt almost called to do this journey. Wow. Um, and so I felt like, oh, this is really going to happen. And so the uh, fit to fat to fit back in 2011 in a nutshell was six months of letting myself go completely, no exercise, unrestricted diet. And then I ended up putting 75 pounds in that six months. It was one of the hardest, most humbling things I've ever done. And then the next six months was the journey back to fit, which was humbling and hard in its own way. And there's so many valuable lessons taken from that first experience. And the biggest thing that I learned was how much of transformation is mental and emotional and not just physical. Because I think a lot of personal trainers go into it with, you know, training on how to write meal plans and how to exercise the correct way and how to fix someone's physical body. 
but there was no connection for me on the mental emotional side of like, why do you struggle to stay consistent? Why do you emotionally eat? And why do you skip the gym when you know you're supposed to do it? And so for me doing this fit to fat to fit experiment really showed me just how wrong I was and just how much of transformation is mental and emotional. It's way more of that than it is physical. And it was so humbling for me. I learned a lot of empathy, so much empathy after that experience of finally saying, wow, I understand so much better now. I don't say, I don't pretend to have a complete understanding, but I can say that I have a better understanding having been through that experiment, which was super humbling and showed me a whole new perspective. And since then I've been able to, you know, with my fit to fit to fit brand and that movement is try to bring empathy first to the fitness industry because no one cares how much you know until they know how much you care. And that's something that I truly live by with my fit to fit to fit journey. You know, I feel like fit to fit to fit, this whole movement is about helping people feel understood and helping them overcome their mental and emotional challenges. And then once those are addressed and taken care of, the physical transformation is so much easier. But the, pro- the people see it upside down almost. They see, oh, if I do this diet and eat and work out this way, I'll get this body and then all my problems will go away and then I'll be happy versus letting go of that emotional trauma and challenges that people have struggled with first. And then the physical transformation can follow that so much easier, right? And so that's kind of what I've learned since that first experiment. Why am I doing this again in 2020? (laughs) Well, it's been almost 10 years since I did that first one. I'm older, a little bit wiser, you know, but this time around, it's not so much about me trying to learn what it's like, because I feel like I have a good understanding. This time around, I'm really on a mission to disrupt the fitness industry and really try and bring empathy first to the fitness industry instead of trying to come up with a new diet and a new supplement and a new workout that's going to you know, help shape people's bodies and then they'll magically be happy after that. So that's kind of what the second journey is about. Also, I turned 40 this year and doing it again as a 40-year-old, I feel like a lot of people in that age range kind of, they, they tell me all the time, it's so much harder, your hormones are changing, your metabolism is different, it's just not the same. Well, I want to give that age group a little bit of hope and say, hey, I'm going to get out of shape on purpose (laughs) and come January of 2021, when all of us want to be done with 2020 anyways, let's do this journey together. I'll hold your hand. Uh, We'll do this journey every step of the way. And here's someone who's actually doing the work with you instead of yelling at you from the top of the mountain saying, stop being weak, no excuses, just keep pushing. And I'm yelling from the top while everyone's struggling at the bottom. This time, I feel like I can lift people up and bring them up that mountain with me. Does that make sense? Yeah. Wow. Duh. As someone who has struggled with her weight her whole life, I love hearing this because it is, it is so, it's really difficult. I actually was just talking to my transformation coach and some friends of mine about how it's, it's really difficult to want to like go on Instagram and follow these fitness gurus i mean everyone is a instagram trainer right now in 2020 (laughs) in their living room and (laughs) and it's you know they're very much like they go they're at the they're either at the gym or they're working out six hours a day it's like their whole job that's what they do and then they have like the meal plan of a lifetime and they like record the whole gamut of what they do and how they do it and things like that. And it's very rigid and not, you don't see a lot of grace in how it's approached. And so you feel like 
it almost feels like they're bragging about how easy it is for them and they just expect that you should be able to do what they can do if you just don't have excuses and so that's I really commend you for not just thinking it but executing it you know because I feel like some people would think it and be like, damn, I'm not ruining my body. What is that? <laughs> bump, bump that thought. We'll just let that pass on by. But you were like, no, like, I need to, I should do this. Like, I, yeah. you know, you really had a, a passion for it. So how did you see yourself or see your clients changing when you finished the first journey? Like, how, yeah. how did that affect you and them and how transformation was happening? That's a good question. There was so much more focus after that on helping people overcome those mental and emotional hurdles that have been keeping them back. And it just helped. It, the thing is making people more aware of what those things are because we've, been, we've learned how to suppress those things for so long and how to distract ourselves and numb ourselves with food, drugs, alcohol, sex, porn, social media, movies, TV. This world is full with all kinds of numbing uh, substances. Wow. <laughs> so that we've gotten really good at when triggered, when we're triggered and emotions come up of stress and frustration and anger, whatever the emotion is, we reach for a you know, glass of wine or a bar of chocolate or like ice cream or whatever it is. We all have our drug of choice. And what I'm able to do now is help people become more aware of what those emotional triggers are and then in that moment, help them become the observer of their thoughts rather than being attached to their thoughts. So you, people are able to take a step back and see these emotions and triggers kind of playing out like a movie. But now they have power to not attach themselves and react uh, in those situations where, boom, they're triggered, all of a sudden reach for the alcohol or for the food <laughs> and numb themselves you know, temporarily. Now people can thoughtfully respond and say, okay, I'm aware of this, what's happening, and it stems from this, maybe some kind of childhood trauma or something, maybe someone didn't love them you know, as a kid or whatever it is, it stems from something always. Once they're more aware of that, in those moments, they're more in control to be able to thoughtfully respond uh, instead of just being reactive, which is what, what they've programmed their brain to do the past 20, 30, 40 years. And so that's really what my, you know, my programs, the way I... I Put out my content is really helping people build that self-awareness so that they're more in control you know but the problem is that people people's perception is they want it to be like an easy pill that you swallow <laughs> like mm-hmm. hey i want that body so i can be happy you know just like in the, the nutty professor you know <laughs> like if i just look this way yeah. all my problems will go away and i'll be happy and yeah temporarily but that's not what brings fulfillment just like having more money doesn't bring fulfillment you know what i'm saying right and so it's really hard to shift people's perception Hmm. of what success looks like because they think, oh, if I do this diet or that diet, then I'll lose the weight and then I'll be happy versus, oh man, I have to do this hard work of going to my past and and discovering what that emotional trauma is and learning how to let it go because that's not easy. That's hard work and people want it the easy path. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And I wish there was a way to do that. But unfortunately, if you want lasting change and you want fulfillment in your life, those emotional traumas and challenges will have to be overcome at some point. Otherwise they manifest themselves in a certain way, whether it's through weight gain or whether it's through, like I said, drug addiction, alcohol addiction, all kinds of things that can happen until that stuff is addressed and released. Wow. Yeah. That (laughs) man. Does that make sense? Yes. More (laughs) than you realize. It's deep. That's so funny because, like I said, I'm working with my transformation coach, Jamal, 
Uh Reston. And when I started my journey with him last December, it was very much about just like, you know, I had a weight loss goal and I want to do this. And that's how I've always Uh approached things. Right. And we did, you know, carb cycling. My body loves carb cycling that, you know, how that works. Uh And I lose weight really well. And I found my emotional triggers hindering my progress. And so I kept trying to like figure out like, why am I losing weight? And then I feel like I'm sabotaging it. And then like, I'm losing the weight and then I sabotage it. And I got to a point where I just said, I, I don't think I can focus on the numbers anymore. Like I want to learn how to break the habits that cause me to keep having the yo-yoing happening. And since doing that, the pro- I mean, the progress weight loss wise is a slow, steady decline, but I'd rather see that knowing that I'm breaking those habits and knowing that my transformation coach is like proud of me from that perspective versus you're not losing the weight at a certain rate. Cause I'll, I'll be honest, you and my transformation coach are the only two that I know that are very much, well, also my fitness trainer. He's off the same way. So the three of you guys, <laughs> the three of you guys are like the only ones that I've really worked with or talked to who are proud of you when you break a habit yeah. versus, yeah, you broke a habit, but you didn't lose any weight. So what was the point in that? You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just, it's so, it's really different from what we see in the fitness industry right now. And I think that's a really revolutionary concept, especially in 2020, where more people are trying to be more empathetic mm-hmm. in general. The, sh- the shift of how we are seeing people is becoming more empathetic. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a prime time to to implement that in in what you're doing so I guess my other question would be how that first journey and this journey affect not just you emotionally mentally spiritually obviously physically things like that but then like your like your relationships with people like you're with your friends or your daughters or you know whoever you're with romantically or whatever like how like, if it was just you, you were single, like, yeah. you're just your own person doing whatever yeah. you want, sure, gain some weight, lose it back. Uh, yeah. Fine. <laughs> but I feel like when you're in relationship with, with people, a decision like that isn't just your own. So how did mm-hmm. you how did you do that the first time, and how are you navigating that now, and what's, what's yeah. different or similar in sure. both journeys? Good question. So that first journey, I was married at the time, and my uh, wife was pregnant when we first started it. So she was, uh, she's more, she's not really, a, she wasn't really a health nut. I was more of like the, I was very strict and, you know, counted all my calories and macros and ate only healthy food. And so she, when I told her about this idea, she was like, so, and she was pregnant. So she was like, so you're telling me we're going to have junk food in the house all the time? I'm like, yeah. She's like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> she was like, totally <laughs> for it. <laughs> So she, she wanted that to happen, you know, so that is so, but we both bit off more than we could chew in this sense, because it was way harder than both of us. I would be, it was really hard on our relationship, even though I was doing it on purpose. And in chapter four of my book, fit to fit to fit, she has a very, 
she has a whole chapter to herself of everything from her perspective and she's very blunt and open about how much she didn't care about my body looking a certain way she could care less about that to be honest with you but mm. how i acted my how self-conscious i was and no confidence and i kind of became a pregnant woman in that situation does that make sense oh wow yeah yeah, yeah. She's wow. Like, now you know what it's like to be pregnant because you're <laughs> hormonal and your belly's getting in the way of everything you know what i'm saying that now this time around i, I have a girlfriend you know like i said i got divorced and and I, she is luckily good friends with my ex-wife okay oh, so so they have kind of gotten together before this journey to prep her for what was about to happen and i think she thought it was going to be a certain way and to be honest with you it's been way harder for her than what she thought it would be and it's been way harder for me than what I thought it would be because I thought this time around, like, look, I'm more self-aware. I know who I am. I'm not as obsessed about my body. Like I'm not as bugged about my body being bigger this time around. Last time around, Candace, I freaked out. Like I wanted to go up to strangers in public and tell them why I was overweight and how I was normally in, uh, in shape and oh, fit. Wow. And I was so self-conscious yeah. <laughs> this time around. You know, I don't really care about that, but it's been way harder for me, even though I'm like, big into meditation I'm big into journaling and gratitude lists to help my mind stay grounded and sharp it's so interesting because I feel like hormones and physical changes in our sleeping patterns and how we show up it affects you more than you think like it, it your personality is not the same version of you and this is why I hope people are more aware of like oh yeah yeah I'm eating unhealthy and not exercising and I'm a little bit bigger that's not all it does to you it changes the way you react it changes your personality in certain situations, it changes your mood, your energy levels, how you're able to connect with people, how selfish you are, how how much patience you have. And when your hormones are shifting, you know, out of whack, it's not fun. Like it's not, and it's, it's, it's way more powerful than I thought it would be. And that's why it's had such a, a hard um, effect on our relationship because like, you know, I think she thought I would still be in control and not be too negative or not be too moody or hormonal. And sometimes like, well, I'm like, look, I haven't slept well in, in two months. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> you know, uh, I'm sleep deprived all the time. I'm hangry throughout the day. Um, I have these huge mood swings and energy dips. And like, I can't, it's hard for me to show up and be like, show love when I'm like miserable on the couch, like laying there. Like, I don't even feel like moving or talking. I'm so like wiped out. Um, and then with my girls, you know, my daughters that are nine and 11, this time around, they're older and, you know, they're more aware of what's happening. So of right. course they want to eat the food that I'm eating. And, uh, I'm trying to find that balance of like, okay, you can have a little bit, but not too much. And they notice shifts in me. They're like, daddy, you know, I don't like you doing this because you're not as nice. And you know, you're, you're, you're less patient with us. And I'm like, kind of hurts me. Cause I'm like, okay, I, I know I'm shifting a little bit, but man, I'm like, man. I thought it would be more in control of this, like to where it wouldn't affect my relationships as much. Mm. But it is interesting how how much it, it it can change you. And this is what I want to make make people more aware of is like this affects you at the core, which then affects your relationships. So yeah, um, I hope people learn that lesson at least from this experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's that's a really good point. I'm and I'm glad you're being candid about it, and that your girlfriend's also allowing you to be candid about about mm-hmm. that piece because I it it is difficult for people who have, you know you've always been fit you you feel in control of your body and your emotions and your thoughts and things like that and when you haven't been and you f- you actually feel out of control and you don't know what to do with it and you see how people's relationships are suffering 
and you think it's just like, well, if you were just nicer, and it's like, okay, but if it was just that, I would just do that, right? And there's so many other layers that are involved in health and the connection with how you treat people, how you view yourself, how you get adequate sleep and and do your day-to-day activities. It really it really affects you everywhere. It permeates everything. Yeah. And so what what have you chosen to do differently on this journey to navigate the relationships that you don't feel like you did the first time? Yeah, I mean, this time around, like I said in the beginning, I, I grew up in a very kind of strict religion, and that was kind of my my identity, my core, my base for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was part of my first marriage, and so that was part of the first journey. I had different tools in my tool belt back then. And right. this time around, I have a different set of tools in my tool belt. Like I said, I'm, I'm a big fan of meditation. There's things like that that have helped me throughout this journey. But either way, sometimes what I'm saying is those tools aren't always enough. <laughs> like they, this physiological change that's happening is very powerful, more powerful than we think. Mm. Like we like to think, oh, if I gained 60 pounds, I would be the same person, happy, jolly, energetic. Like I, I doubt anyone, if they gained this much weight in this short amount of time, would be the same version of themselves, the best version of themselves. Mm-hmm. It's not just about gaining weight. It, it is more powerful than what people think. And that's kind of what I've even learned because I thought this journey, I wouldn't need to learn as much, but I am learning a lot mm. from even this experiment. So I feel like... Um, it's very similar to when I did my 100-mile run about four months ago uh, here in Utah. I did 100 miles in 24 hours, and that was like a goal I set for myself. I know I was like, hey, 2020 is a crazy year. Let's throw some other crazy things in there. The 100-mile race and a fit-to-fit-to-fit journey again. Uh, why not, right? And I feel like during that race, there was times where you know, I was beat up. I was hurt. I was like, this is so hard. Like, why? Like at midnight, I'm running by myself in the dark like <laughs> absolutely exhausted I still had like 10 hours left to go and I'm like this is miserable and I don't know if I can keep doing this but it was just like okay if I just take one apostle at a time mm-hmm. one step at a time in front of the, each other eventually it will be over and that's all I had to focus on I was like okay how do I get through this next moment how do I show up in this next moment and um, just try and get through as best I can. And like I said, sometimes you're in survival mode, which is what I am most of the time, to be honest with you. And sometimes I can be present, I can be intentional, I can uh, you know, grow from certain experiences, but sometimes I'm like, look, I am exhausted, I just need to get through the day, I'm not gonna be my best self, but I'll do the best I can. You mm-hmm. know? And so that's kind of what I'm learning through this experience. Yeah, so do you feel like either experience were have been both positive and negative Hmm. for you this experience specifically this one and or the last one or both or i feel like yes there's been i here's the thing i don't really believe in bad things happening without some type of opportunity for growth if we choose to see it that way right? right we could see something bad happening to us and blame god and blame the world and blame our parents or blame whoever for this happening to me instead of we get to you can choose okay this is happening for me what can I learn from this so Mm. any kind of negative experience that came from that first journey was a a learning lesson in the end 
this journey, when you're in it, when you're presently in the mess, it's really hard to see that. Like, what is this mm. for? What is this teaching me right. until maybe weeks, months, years later? So right now, I don't know exactly what it's teaching me because I haven't figured it out just yet. But uh, I'm sure that at some point that lesson will be learned of like, okay, why is this? Like, why am I struggling in my relationship right now? Even though I'm doing this physical journey that shouldn't have anything to do with my relationship, but it does carry over and affects that, right? Right. So does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like you're that one person on the planet doing a journey like this. But if you could give advice to other trainers or other people going on their fitness journey, mm-hmm. what would you, based off of what you now know yeah. from your personal experiences, what would you say to trainers that are training people that may have not been overweight or obese before? And what yeah. would you say to people that are being trained to be healthier and might be frustrated with the struggle that they're having to reach that goal? Great question. So I'll talk to the the trainers first. I think trainers don't necessarily need to do what I did to gain a better understanding. Yes, it's a very powerful experience. If you're brave and courageous enough to do it, then, you know, maybe you can do a mini experiment just to kind of see things through a new perspective, a new lens. I think that's how you grow in life. But I think, learning how to develop empathy so studying empathy as much as you study working out you know as much as you study nutrition and diet and supplements like spending time learning the psychology of how people work and how you can better help them like that's what i've learned over the years is i read more self-help or personal progress books than i do health and fitness books (laughs) you know what i'm saying because that kind of stuff is going to help give me more tools to help someone through you know uh, staying consistent with a workout or, or 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 nutrition more than just telling them to do it and no excuses right so i feel like if trainers kind of change their emphasis of what they're studying and focus more on that then they could better connect with their client and like i said no one cares how much you know till they know how much you care first mm-hmm. so it's not about the credentials it's not about getting new certifications it's about really trying being able to have empathy for someone and connect with them so that they trust you more and they feel they have the right tools now to navigate those emotional and mental challenges so that they can then become more self-aware and have longer lasting, you know, a healthier lifestyle change for, for long term. And then to all the clients out there, you know, I think a lot of it has to do with our perception of, of health and fitness. And like you said, you know, your goal was to lose X amount of pounds. And so a lot of people are focused on the results. Like, all right, here's my goal. I want this result. And so what happens is people put up with the process of achieving that result, diet and exercise. They don't really enjoy the process, but they're like, all right, well, I have to do this in order to get this result. Once I get this result, then I'll be happy. Then my problems will go away. (laughs) And so I hate to quote Miley Cyrus, but it really is about the climb. Like it's not, it's not about getting to the top. It's about the climb and who you become during that. So what I try and help people with is shift their perception of like, Hey, let's take the results out of it for a second. Let's learn how to fall in love with the process because you are worth it. Because you have that self-love now instead of self-hate. Because some people try to hate themselves to skinny, right? Um, Instead of of, of focusing on the results, fall in love with the process, whatever that looks like for you. Whatever diet, nutritional protocol you want to follow, whatever exercise, like any type of movement that you love that's going to 
make your body do hard things because you have to do hard things to achieve the results. But once you start start to fall in love with the process and you operate out of out of a place of self love, like you're enjoying the process genuinely because you love yourself, not because you're punishing yourself to get X result. Um, that's where the shift starts to happen. Where they're like, man, I've been doing this process now for so long because I love myself and I, it feels good to eat healthy food. It feels good to move my body. And guess what? The results end up taking them taking care of themselves over time. But you shift your focus. You shift what that perception of success looks like. So that's what I would tell people is like. Don't worry so much about getting the results because I think uh, the problem, Candace, in our society is we've been conditioned, we've bought in at some point to this myth that you are only of value, you only have worth if your physical body looks a certain way. Wow. And maybe you've been teased or bullied because of your body and or someone's treated you wrong because of your body. And so you're like, man, I don't want to be mistreated. I better fit into this society that we've been taught. You have to look this way in order to be respected. And that's the problem with ourselves is there's some kind of disconnect that happens from possibly a younger age where we're like, all right, I'm going to go down this path and fix my body so that my, my, I'll be loved in this life. And so that's what I would say to the clients. Wow. Uh, I feel like you just spoke to my heart today. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Like as you were, as you were saying that, I, I remember when I was, I think, I was probably in third grade, fourth grade, something like that. And at that point, my body was already starting to change and I was becoming really overweight for my age. And I remember, you know, my older brother was also getting bullied for being overweight and things like that. And so he came home one day after school and he said something that stuck with me for the rest of my life and it was painful to hear from him and I'm sure like he said it not even thinking of what it he probably didn't even know what it meant but he he just said like oh like you'll never be a size four and just like walked away and I was like I didn't didn't even know what that meant at that time but then when I learned what it meant I kid you not like I spent the rest of my life fighting to get to that number and it was from like fifth grade all the way until I graduated college and I finally hit that four and I was like I did it and like no one can tell me I didn't reach this number and I was so excited for myself and then I realized how unhealthy I was getting there and none of my habits changed my habits were getting worse and so I ended up gaining weight back and it's like at the end of the day like whoop-de-doo I hit this goal I even surpassed it to the point where people were like girl you need to eat something now I'm scared right like (laughs) you getting a little little flimsy over here and I realized that I was both happy and unhappy. I was happy that I reached the goal, but I was so unhappy with how I was feeling inside. Like, I was like, my emotions aren't really changing about myself. How I view myself or my worth hasn't actually made a difference in having reached this number that I've been fighting for since I was 10. And it's like 13 years, 14 years of my life gone 
running after this number that doesn't really hold weight to me anymore. And so it's like now that I'm, you know, it's been like eight years since then. And I'm like, I just, I just want to be my best self, whatever that looks like. And I, the journey is so much more enjoyable because I'm learning to fall in love with Candace and who she is and how she moves and how she ebbs and flows in the world versus just hitting this number that's different depending on the scale I step on, you know? Um, And so not that, you know, I'm a healthcare provider, so I still think health is really important. And I know that your weight can really affect your organs and things like that. So it's not, I'm not saying that and to not, think of the health ramifications of being overweight or underweight, Mm -hmm. but I don't want to define my worth in that because my body's going to change for the rest of my life. So remembering (laughs) that and knowing that who I am at the core of myself is what I want to be life lasting. Yeah. So I, I love that that you would sh- remind clients that they're there they are beyond that goal that they want physically, yeah. and to even remind their trainers that their clients are more than the goal <laughs> that they want them to reach. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's you know I, I think you know I'm I've never been in the industry but I think I I assume that that's a lot of what's taught just based off of you know you might walk into a gym and they're like winners never quit like they have all these like intense signs (laughs) everywhere and you're just like so intimidated but part of what you do as a trainer and I think it's really innovative and impactful and really kind of you to to share this different approach that I think is more holistic Mm -hmm. and their their clients might not just reach the goal they might love themselves in the process and actually love themselves beyond the process yes so i think i think as a trainer that's probably more rewarding to know than just i got all these people to that number (laughs) good job you know yeah so i'm man dude i (laughs) hope that the rest of this journey goes really well and I'd be really excited to find out what you end up realizing what you learn at the end of this and um, going back into training. I actually, I'm actually curious to see how it's going to be for you losing the weight at this Mm -hmm. age versus how it was 10 years ago and seeing what that process is. Because I remember you talking about how different it was trying to work out then but I mean, you were 30 then, so like, yeah. you know, now it's like, yeah. how is my body going to fight to get to that space? How is my metabolism now? What is yeah. that going to look like? Is it going to be a longer process to get where I was, you know, like, yeah. you know, all those things. So I'm actually really curious to see how you compare those two journeys and the lessons that you feel like are going to be different. That's this time around versus what you ended up learning the last time, so... Be yeah, cool. well, I'm curious too. That's the thing. Is like I don't know. This is uncharted territory for me as well, and that's what makes it exciting a little bit. Yeah. To see what's gonna happen. Like my hope and my goal is to be able to get back to fit, of course, but obviously with a new perspective and 
and um, you know, and new tools to be able to help other people through that process as well. And um, but yeah, a lot of it is is unknown. I really don't know how my body will respond now that I'm older. So that's what's going to be interesting to watch. Yeah. <laughs> come January. So. Yeah. Are you journaling, by the way? Or yeah, like? Yeah, I'm journaling. A lot of my journey. So I do it through different platforms. Like I have a podcast weekly episode that I put out there. I have a weekly video recap up on YouTube. You can go to my YouTube channel and subscribe to see all my weekly recaps. I also do, you know, social media posts. And then I do have a blog post that I put out every week and an email newsletter every week to kind of recap what's happening just so people kind of uh, can see the journey from a mental and emotional perspective instead of just my before and afters. Nice. Good. Cause I would definitely, I would love to like see how you've tracked like your thoughts and your like emotions and just the the holistic process of everything you're actively feeling in the moment. So yeah. that's, that's really cool. I love that dude. Thank you so much for <laughs> coming on my podcast and talking with me and my audience about your journey, your first possible experience, both of them and then, and taking the time to really unpack those things. Well, how can people follow you on your social media? What yeah. is your handle? Thanks, Candace. So my social media handles are all the same. It's fit number two, fat number two, fit. And that's for Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, TikTok, YouTube. Um, or they could go to my website, fit number two, fat number two, forty dot com. And that is kind of my, my website for my entire journey. Uh, either fit to bed to four zero or F O R T Y dot com. And they both so, yeah, my hope is that people will follow me all the way through December 27th, which is my birthday, and then starting January 4th of 2021, that's when we're going to start the journey back to fit, and people can do the journey with me if they want to, and I'll make uh, a lot of the information accessible to people, and people can see exactly what I'm doing, So, because I'm very transparent about, you know, I'm not working out six hours a day, and not starving myself, you know, but a sustainable way of how I view a healthy lifestyle. And so, yeah, people can follow along for for free at that website. Awesome. All right, guys, you got to follow him. I know it's going to be really weird watching him being like, hey, guys, I gained four pounds this week. I know that's not usually where you see people celebrating their results, but there's a a whole method to his madness. And I think it's really it's a really cool thing to go follow. So definitely go check out all of his social media, follow his blogs, go on his website, read his book. And yeah, please follow this guy. He's, he's down to earth. He's real people. (laughs) And yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, Drew and everyone. Thank you guys for listening to today's episode. If there are any topics that you want me to cover in the future, you have any situations you want discussed, please send me a DM, post them on Twitter tag me on Facebook, whatever. It's at first Basso or at first underscore Basso if you're on Instagram. And let me know if you've struggled with your weight and you're frustrated and you're going through that or you're trying to re-strategize how you think about your process or if you're a trainer and you're trying to figure out better ways to connect with your clients, please reach out to me, reach out to Drew, let us know how you're doing that, how you're processing it. We want to hear from you guys um, because your stories also matter and it can help someone else in the future. And I would love to share some of what you guys have to say on a future episode. So at the end of the day, 
take care of yourselves, love yourselves, have empathy for your journey, enjoy the process, and I hope you guys stay safe, take care, love all of you guys. Drew, you also stay safe doing this journey. Thank you. You know <laughs> I'm over trying. here hoping you don't get no diabetes, <laughs> Drew, okay? Yes. Don't get, don't make me come over there and prescribe you some medicine, okay? <laughs> don't make me do this. Not. Okay, so you yeah. take care, stay safe, and we'll talk soon. All right, dude. Bye. Yeah.